Welcome to the show, everyone. This is a solo episode, my very first one, coming to you from Costa Rica. Now, you might not be able to tell because I'm in the office right now, but right outside the window over there, which I have the blinds closed right now just to get rid of some of that bright sunshine coming in. But we've got a beautiful yard out here with a pool and the kids are going to be home here soon. My days are ending around 2.33 p.m. every single day. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but that was one of the very first things that I wanted to do was make sure that I had a good, comfortable setup in here. And it's starting to come together. You can see behind me, I've set up the posters that I had on the wall back in my home office back in Canada. And then, of course, I got the LEDs going again. And I got a bunch of other LEDs that I've yet to put up. Uh, just to be able to set some different, you know, feeling inside of this space as well. And then, of course, I'm proud of this too, this plant right here, which, by the way, was only about that high. How do I do this? Let's see. It was about that high when I got it like 10 days ago, and it's already grown to there. So everything grows fast in this place. But anyways, I just thought I would mention that, that, hey, it's a new space. It's a new, it's a new everything. Quite honestly, this conversation I'm going to have here was one where I thought, you know what, I'm not ready to record this one. I'm just going to wait a little bit, but I've got all of these notes right here. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to wing this one because what I was doing before with my podcast served me. It was exactly what it needed to be in order to allow me to evolve and to grow and to connect with some amazing human beings and have some incredible conversations and create a whole bunch of uh, content that will be in the universe forever and, and available for people to be able to, you know, seek the truth, whatever that means to them. Uh, and then, of course, it was a platform for me to be able to say out loud exactly what I was going through at different stages over the last almost 10 months now, actually 12 months now. I started this in August of last year, and it's September as of the recording of this one. So things have evolved and naturally things will continue to shift and they will change and they will be completely unrecognizable to what they were before. And that is the best way to describe what this whole experience of moving our family to Costa Rica has been, which is it is the great purge. It is the great reset. Uh, it is the great um, unraveling. It is the great uh, pain-filled, sickness-filled, uh, everything around you seemingly falling around down, <laughs> I should say, not around, but down. And it's been beautiful, but it hasn't been without its challenges. So I'm going to go through a handful of things just to say it out loud so that people understand the truth about what it's been like to actually move our family to Costa Rica. So to back it up a little bit, it was almost three weeks ago now that we moved here. And when we first decided to do the move, we prepared. So for months, we were doing our research. We were finding a place. We were very fortunate to have somebody that was on the ground here, uh, Ryan Peters, who I interviewed for my podcast. And he was keeping an eye out for places for us. And he found this one. And he just said, guys, I found the spot. Trust me on this. You got to take it. And we did. And we're so glad that we did. The place is amazing. Uh, it was a home, 
right? We had it, or sorry, it was a house. We had to turn it into a home. It's, it's literally a brand new house that's about a six minute walk to the beach, but it really is gorgeous. The layout of it is nice in the sense that the bedrooms are kind of off to at a distance. So you've got separation between kind of the main area where we have the kitchen and living room and then this nice family kids play area here in the office where I am right now. And then the bedrooms are down the hall a little bit. So it's just a great setup. And we are very grateful for the fact that we were able to manifest this place, really. Like there was a lot of pieces that made it happen, but uh, that made things very smooth in the transition. And then again, to back up a little bit more though, too, the day that we left, so we had 16 bins, eight bins actually, and eight suitcases, eight full-size suitcases to travel with. And we spent weeks packing those and making sure that we had the weight correct and that they were all sealed properly and had all of the the zip ties both taped on the inside in case they opened it up and needed to do it, reseal it and stuff. And which by the way, customs does not even pay attention to that. They just kind of like pop your lid off and then hand it back to you. But I'll tell you about that in a sec. So the trip itself though was pretty seamless. You know, it was about a 15 to 17 hour trip in total. We had to do two stops on the way before flying right over top of the United States, directly from Toronto down to Liberia, Costa Rica. Uh, but it went pretty seamless, you know, considering we had a four and a five-year-old with us and they didn't sleep on the plane. So they were a little irritable by the time we got to the airport, both in Calgary and in Toronto. But everything just went perfectly. We came off that plane in Liberia. There's about 300 people in line. You know what it's like if you've ever been to Mexico or any other travel destination where it's nice and hot and there's beaches and stuff. Everybody's a little antsy. They want to get out of there. And when you have a family of four with a whole bunch of bags that we had even carried on the plane there and two kids that are melting down, the um, the customs people come over and they go, hey, why don't you come with us this way? We got a line spe specifically for families. So we were able to scoot over into the sideline where they were pushing us through quickly. They want to keep people happy as they're entering into Costa Rica, Pura Vida, right? So that was very, that was very nice. And then the process of actually getting through you know, getting the passport stamped. I think they asked us one question, like, where are you going? And we said Tamarindo. They didn't ask us the exact address. They didn't even ask us why we were there or if we were leaving or anything like that. Uh, so we were able to get through very seamlessly. Then all of our stuff was literally right by the, you know, the belt, the the suitcase belt thing, thingy, whatever you want to call it. And it was all right there. So we got off the plane and boom, there's all of our stuff. And then we thought, okay, now how the heck are we going to get this out of the airport but we figured it out. There was, there was people there to help us and move it all through. And we had to run it through the x-ray machines and they ended up opening up two of our bins and taking a look inside and finding all kinds of, uh, you know, Hulk and Superman and Spider-Man characters and stuff in there. And they're like, okay, you're good. Just go ahead. And then we had lined up a shuttle, a big shuttle to be able to take all of our stuff and us to our place. And it was there on time and it got us there seamlessly. And and then Ryan and Arnaud, the person who owns this place that we're renting from, were both there to greet us and just make sure that everything was good when we first landed and got to the place. And yeah, it was really great. Like everything about the trip was really seamless. There's no other way to put it. Now, since then, in the last, say, three weeks or so, we have gone through this great purge. We have gone through... Um, a complete reset and we're still in the midst of it. I'm not even going to lie. So for me, I was preparing for being here 
before we ever arrived. And what I mean by that is that I started down this spiritual journey last November and started to question, what is this life all about? Why, why am I even here? How can I have it all? What, like, what am I doing with my life right now? How can I be better? How can I be a greater version of myself? I'm not happy with what I'm currently doing for work. How can I shift that? And, and then I, I leaned into that over the last like 10, 12 months and, you know, even dove into physical activities to be able to prepare my body and my mind for the uncomfortableness of coming to a place that quite frankly, I've never even been here before. I had never been further South than Huatuco in Mexico. So I had an idea of what it was like to be in heat, like really hot, muggy heat every single day. But I really had no idea what to expect. But, you know, the cold plunging to me over the last 12 months has been something that has definitely helped me with that. It's just one of the mechanisms, the tools that I've used to say, okay, this is going to be a little uncomfortable. Go do it anyways. Lean into it. It's good for you. There's something, there's growth on the other side of this for you. So I feel like the transition for me has been uh, much easier than the rest of our family. We, By the way, we did, we do have a dog and we've yet to bring him down here. And I think that's another uh, big piece of something that we feel like we're missing a little bit. We need, we need our entire family unit together and we are already in the plans of, of getting him down here as well. But the, you know, with regards to landing here in the first couple of weeks. So like I mentioned, we have a four and a five-year-old, four and five-year-old boys. They've never been in any formalized school. They used to go to a strong start program, which was, you know, as, as many times a week as we wanted to go. And we had a live-in nanny back in Canada and she would take them to that school, which was basically a preschool. So we had some pretty major milestones coming up here. Our oldest son was going to kindergarten for the first time, which is a big deal no matter where you live. And then our four-year-old was going to be going to a preschool, but by himself for the first time. He's always been with his brother, right? He calls him his brother. So we had a couple of major shifts that were happening in our life. And we massively underestimated how challenging that was going to be, not only just being here, being in a new house, being in a new, you know, environment, culture, languages. The schooling was was a huge, huge eye opener to say, whoa, okay, these kids right now are not good. Like they are melting down. And when I say not good, I mean like they are not being good. They are melting down. They are feeling unsafe. They are wanting to go home. They keep saying, let's go home. I just want to go home. They were doing that within the first 24 hours. And Again, I had to make a choice in that moment to either feel kind of that irritation and that anxiety of like, oh man, why can't we just appreciate the fact that we're in Costa Rica? We've been talking about this forever. And just push that down to the side and go, no, 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 no. That is not how I get to face this. I get to face this with love and with empathy and compassion and understanding for the fact that we've completely flipped their lives upside down and asked them to move to or not ask them, just took them to a brand new place. And through all of these new experiences and environments and cultures and languages and everything right at them. So the majority of my time, I would say 90% of my time has been spent making sure that our kids are good. And that includes one, making sure I'm good. So I've been up at 5am every single day, making sure that I'm going straight into my meditation, my reflection, my journaling, 
usually I'm taking about two hours in the morning to do that. So by 7 a.m., I'm waking them up. I had already prepared the meals the night before and got them ready for school and stuff. So in the morning, it's just the get the teeth brushed, get some breakfast in them and get them in the car and get to school. But getting to school has been challenging though too because they haven't wanted to go a lot of days. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking when you see your kid just clinging to you and not wanting you to leave. So what I did was not leave. I would just stay there as long as I needed to until they felt comfortable and they were good and they'd give me the thumbs up or like, yeah, I'm good, dad. And then off they'd be on their day, right? Playing with the other kids, getting involved in all the activities and everything else. But there has been some really challenging days. And then to top it off too, when we showed up here, there was the Labor Day weekend uh, in September, which they they did have a day off here from the schools and all the businesses and stuff shut down. And then it's been the Costa Rican Independence Day here uh, this last week, which ended up turning into a four day weekend because the kids don't have school on Friday. So we had the Monday off as well. So we had just got them into a routine and then four days of them being with us the whole time and just going and doing fun stuff and going down to the beach and just hanging out all day. And now we were asking them to go back to school again. So we, we basically started over from scratch again. And, and that day on Mon on Tuesday this week, that was the most challenging day so far. I spent an hour at Logan's school just getting him settled and, and wanting to be there. And Bodie, his brother, was with me and cried the whole time, the whole time when we dropped Logan off for that whole hour. And then in the drive over to his daycare, he cried. And then when I got to the daycare, I ended up spending another hour and a half there with him. So it was like a two and a half, three hours of just being present and just sitting with that discomfort with my kids so that they knew that they were safe, so that they knew that daddy wasn't gonna run away because he was too busy doing work stuff. Um, and speaking of which too, I'll mention and I'll maybe come back to my notes to make sure I don't forget anything that I wanted to talk about. But speaking of that too, the work side of things, like I knew coming into Costa Rica that I wanted to slow down on the amount of hours I was putting in and even the times of day that I was actually putting uh, you know, time into my work. And what it's turned into is I work from about 11 until 2 o'clock every single day here. And that's about it, you know? There's been a couple of evenings where I've caught up on a few things, uh, but it's mostly been uh, just trying to buy a vehicle in the evenings. It hasn't even been work stuff. It's more just been continuing to knock things off the list of allowing us to, you know, turn this into a home and then into our home, uh, having all the things that we know that we need in order to be able to get around and take the kids to school and go get groceries and just all of that stuff. But, with regards to the work side of things though too, I actually had a very clear vision as to what I was gonna focus my energy and my time on when I got here. And before I left, it all unraveled. It became something that just was no longer aligned. Um, both Danielle and I had a conversation where she came to me and said, hey, I'm not feeling this. What we're doing with the Source Collective right now, uh, needs to go in a different direction right now. Uh, so it wasn't a breakup of sorts as much as it was a realignment of focus and energy. She knew, I think before I even knew that I was going to need this time here to just be present, to be dad, to not be the entrepreneur, but to be somebody that was 
just grounded in the fact that look at where I am, look at what I get to do. And now look at who I get to be every single day to make sure that my family is good. And it gave me the space and time to be able to, to be that person and to do that. And, you know, at first when we had the conversation before I left, there was a, there was a bit of a, well, wait a second, because we've been going down this path and creating this vision for what we will co-create with the Source Collective, which is a collective of people that are up to big things, that are creatives at heart, that are you know creating real change in the world and starting with themselves and elevating every single day and diving deep into the spiritual work, but knowing that it's more than just that. It's also about our relationships. It's also about our physical uh, growth. And it's also, and then it is about the business growth too. All of these different quadrants that make up what I refer to as the 12 dimensions of life, which I'll link that up in the show notes down below as well, because this is something that I'm constantly revisiting and continuing to lean into more uh, to be the foundation for everything that I'm doing now personally to live my greatest life, to have it all but then also to be of service to others, to provide a blueprint for people to be able to really reflect and go deep on what matters most to them and to realize that you really can have it all. It is about expanding time. It is about making choices that become non-negotiable. And on that note, I'll say, one of the greatest gifts that I've received in this whole process too was that understanding myself too, that my spiritual work is non-negotiable. And it is the most important thing in my life. It is the thing that allows me to work on me. And if I don't do that, you know, put the mask on first, how can I ever be of service to anybody else? My family, my extended family, the people that I serve in my business and beyond that, the people that we've had the pleasure of hosting at our retreats as well. So it's become non-negotiable. That's, and also my physical health too. So We've had this great purge happen in the last like three weeks too, where all of us have been sick, like really sick. And I, I don't want to say this in a, in a gross kind of way, but I've never seen so much bodily fluids, snot in particular, come out of four human beings than I have in the last three weeks. It's really incredible. And I'm sure some of it has to do with just the climate change and all that kind of stuff, but it's been uh, it's been painful, quite frankly, very painful. Ears plugged, sore throats, stuffed sinuses, uh, sicknesses, fevers, chills, you name it. We've had all of it happen. And it almost seems like everything in the 12 dimensions is on a complete reset right now. The business, the physical growth, the relationship growth with my wife, with my kids, uh, with my clients, all of it. And then of course the spiritual growth, it's just a, a leaning into this, uh, next level, this next level, which naturally, and I've spoken about this before, but when we continuously choose to elevate, we end up on the bottom level of the next level. And of course it's uncomfortable. Of course it's, uh, it's, it's not going to feel good initially, but this is the game. This is the game. It's to recognize that and go, okay, all right, I'm evolving. Here we go. Or say, oh my God, I cannot believe 
that all of these things have happened. We all got sick. All of my business stuff that I was going to focus all my energy on all of a sudden doesn't exist anymore. And now it's time to refocus. And, oh, wow, look at that beach over there. Geez, I got a friend here who's going to take me out surfing so I don't have to have that uncertainty and fear of like, geez, like, where do I even rent a surfboard? Where do I go out surfing? Uh, is there crocodiles in this water? Uh, what about the currents? All that kind of stuff. I was able to ease into that with the support of a friend as well. And just grounding in that has been such a blessing for me. And I found myself this morning even too, my wife and I went and checked out a preschool slash kindergarten combo school that's walking distance from our house, which is going to be an amazing solution for the kids. But the other nice part is that it's right on the surf beach. So she actually drove back home after that meeting. And I said, I'm just going to stay down here for a minute. And I sat at a table and I posted a, a photo of it this morning and just reflected on the fact that I'm so grateful that everything has happened to me and for me because I don't know if I would have recognized the beauty around me. I don't know if I would have slowed down enough and turned the page here and created a blank piece of paper, a canvas that says, you can create whatever you want now. What do you want? What do you want? It's time to ride a new wave. It's a new season. And old me would have thought, well, you don't got time for this. You got to go find a vehicle. You got to make sure that the kids are good. You got to go and make some food. You got to check in on all of your tasks. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to. But this new version of me says, look at this place. Look at this beauty. You created this. You put yourself in the position to be here. And it didn't happen overnight. So now when you get here, recognize it. Take a breath. And just be grateful. And then take that pen out and start creating your reality. And that is the state that I sit in, in this moment right now. And it's part of the reason why I thought, I'm just going to flip this on and I'm going to start talking about all this stuff because I wanted to, number one, just give an update to everybody as to what's all gone down, but also to say that it's been such a blessing, all of it, and that I am grateful for all the messiness that has shown up in our life. Um, and I haven't even talked about <laughs> all the other pieces too. So in fact, I'm just going to look at this. So if you are considering moving your family to Costa Rica, let me tell you a couple of things that are just the truth and you get to either um, embrace it or it will defeat you and you will say, I can't do this. Number one, the roads are really rough here. Like there's paved roads and some concrete roads in front of the main area down by the beaches and stuff. But all of the roads that like all the houses and stuff are on, they're just dirt roads and there's torrential downpours here that create massive divots in those roads. And you cannot drive fast on these roads. You just can't, you have to go slow and it's really hard on the vehicles and there's tons of puddles and the dirt here is this like clay, like uh, purplish dark brown gray or dark brown uh, dirt. And 
it's really messy. Like when you get it on your legs and stuff, it's hard to even scrub off. You get it on your clothes and it's almost like it's impossible. You got to like take it in the ocean and like scrub it off at the salt water. But, you know, if you're at all a neat freak and you want to make sure that your home is nice and clean all the time, do not move here. Like it is, it is a, it is a very rustic place. We're in the jungle, even though this is a more touristy area where we are in Tamarindo, it's very, it's very still, uh, very much untouched. It really is. Uh, secondly, too, there is a ton of bugs here. So not only mosquitoes, like I'm actually pretty good with mosquitoes. I get a little itchy and stuff, but I don't get welts and stuff. My wife gets huge welts and both of our kids do too. So their legs have just been covered in welts. And we got this cream, this like steroid cream before we left, which you can get at the pharmacies here too, that kind of help with the itching and all that kind of stuff. But that's been challenging too, uh, just mentally more than anything for the kids and my wife, uh, because there's just, there's just a lot of bugs and not, not just mosquitoes, but like these little, what do they call them? No or something like that. They just kind of come up out of the grass and bite you and you don't even see them. So there's that. And then of course, the first day that we were here, we had a scorpion in the house, just a little guy about that big black one. But that's always a little bit of a shocker. We haven't seen one since. I haven't seen a scorpion since, but of course we saw one the first day. And then we also, um, I went out to a place called La Senda, which has this incredible uh, facility out there. And I, you know, you can Google it if you want to check it out, but it could actually be something that becomes a part of a future men's retreat that I'm going to be hosting. But they have these glamping tents out there and they don't really keep them up during the off season, which it is right now. But there was this massive tarantula there. Like I got to say, it was at least this size, you know, I don't know what that is, size of a softball kind of deal. So there's a ton of bugs and we've got a, pro a procession line out here. There's a red ant highway that's going from one side of the of, uh, property to the other. They've got their nest over underneath a, a palm tree that we have by the house. Uh, they don't do anything, but I've heard about these ants where they just like, when they know they're going on a path, they just go. And they like, they literally created a path right through the grass. It's quite crazy, but that's been uh, a bit of an eye opener as well. What else did I write about here? Yeah. Scorpions, big ass beetles, tarantulas. Um, kids at school. Yeah, the, the language thing. So because we're in a, a fairly touristy area, they call this place Tamagringo. So you can imagine it's fairly easy to get around with only English. I have um, just a little bit of Spanish in me, Paquito. My wife is much better, but Google Translate is incredible. Even if you just download the app offline, you can use that in pretty much any scenario. There's always a little bit of loss of translation, but it's been pretty easy that way, you know? Uh, no, no issues there, like no challenges there. And of course, we're learning every single day. We're pulling up the Duolingo app. We're doing it with the kids. It's made for kids, but honestly, it's been super helpful for me too, just to learn a bunch of new words. And what else can I talk about here? Oh, cold plunges. So... I've had a heck of a time trying to find a cold plunge in this place. And naturally so, right? I guess you would think like naturally, right? It's so hot, but there's all of these spas and everything all over the place and none of them have cold plunges, but I did manage to track one down. It's at a place called Oasis de Meditation and they have a big 
like oak barrel, like plastic oak barrel type one that they do every Saturday at the, at the market. And then she also will fill it up in the tubs that she has inside of her, her studio. And that's been okay. You know, I've only done it once so far, but there's a bit of a community there too. There's a WhatsApp group. So I'm getting to meet some new people that are into this kind of stuff too. And did the first one now in the last couple of weeks, just on this past Sunday. And that was, it was great because I got that feeling back, that tingle of like the cold on your body and there's nothing quite like it, but I am going to go and track down my own tub. There is a farm supply store here and I'm just going to go find myself another horse trough. And we have, like I say, a beautiful home here. I just need to find a nice flat spot that I can put it on. And we've got hoses and fresh water and everything. And just down the street, maybe a five minute walk is a convenience store where I can get ice for about seven bucks, I think would fill up that, that tub. So it's a bit of a chore to be able to make it work, but I'm, I'm making it work. What are you going to do? And I've actually got connected to somebody who just moved his family down here and connected me to a friend of his who is either started or is going to start building some self-sufficient, some self-cooling, self-cleaning cold plunges down here in this area because you can order these things, you know, the coldplunge.com, you can order right from there, but it's challenging to get things delivered here. You know, people just don't order off of Amazon here. They don't, it's too expensive and it takes too long. So you either have to source out what you need here or uh, build it. That's it. So there's still some exploring to do there and I'm going to figure it out though, because it's another piece of my, uh, self-care. It really is. It's one of the bubbles inside of physical growth that I'm committed to that make up my 12 dimensions. And yeah, it's non-negotiable. I'm going to find myself a cold plunge. I'm going to make it work. Uh, what else can I talk about here? Oh, the people. So one of the things that I've noticed here is that the people that live and work here are super friendly. They really are. You mix in as well tourists in this place and it's a bit different. There is an expectation of being catered to and not always the best vibe from people. Now we attract who we are and the vibration that we put out is what we, we attract back as well. So there is something to that. And I've actually noticed it even with the kids schools because you know, naturally we bump into parents and some of them are open and friendly and others are very closed off and they don't want to even make eye contact, let alone shake hands or trade contact information or stay in touch or anything like that. But I've just become very consciously aware of how my energy and my aura and my vibration attracts the kind of people that I know I want to spend more time with. Because when I show up in a way that is filled full of energy and light and um, gratefulness for what we are living in here, I find those people. Those people also show up in my life too. And we've met some amazing people already. Uh, but it's just, it's a really interesting thing because I think a lot of times maybe people would think, and you know, I, I actually didn't believe this to be true, but some people might think that everybody's just pura vida in Costa Rica. How could you not be? It's gorgeous and the weather's amazing and you got the, the surf and the sand and the sun. But your environment, your physical environment is not what ultimately creates your soul happiness. It's really not. It's an internal conversation. It's an internal 
Um, it's internal work that we get to do. But when you do this work and you show up with gratitude, even in the messiness of the storm that may be around you, both the physical storm and the internal or whatever's around you in your family unit, you will attract the kind of people and the energy and the vibe that you put out into the world. And I think that's been an important lesson that I just have reinforced since we moved here. Uh, you will find whatever you're looking for every single place in this world. Uh, let's see. Oh, so the last thing that I'll, I'll mention here too, I think the last thing, yeah, cold plunges, food. Actually, I'll talk a little bit about the food too. So for me, I, I eat at 11 o'clock every single morning and I try and stop by six intermittent fasting. And my diet hasn't changed a lot because I was eating like eggs and a protein in the morning, um, some avocado, uh, pico de gallo now too. It's very easy to buy that here. So my diet hasn't changed a ton. We eat a little bit of chicken in the, in the evenings. And, and then of course we eat a lot of seafood now too, but the food's amazing. Like it really is. It's, it's different than, you know, it's not Mexico. Like Mexico has very unique cuisine and I love Mexican food, everything about it. It's not like that at all. It's much simpler, but you know, we've made the best with what we can access here. And quite frankly, it's not easy to find the same kind of foods that we bought back home in Canada. And that's good though, because we wanted to shift that completely. And we did manage though, to find a place called Price Smart that's very similar to a Costco. And there you can get, uh, you know, cheddar cheeses, for example, like you, you just can't buy that anywhere else around here. They have a certain type of cheese here and it's flavorless and it's pretty chewy and it's kind of gross. <laughs> but I quite frankly don't eat a lot of cheese myself anyways, but the kids do. The kids love it. So, you know, I'm glad that we found that that quote unquote Costco because we were able to kind of bulk up on a handful of things that are just nice treats that allow for an easy transition for the kids as they start eating more seafood and more rice and more beans and more eggs and that type of thing. You know, whole foods. This is what we want them eating. But it's going to take time. That was one of the other things that we grounded ourselves in and realized is that we get to be patient with all of this. We get to take our time in integrating all these new things, including sleep schedules too. The kids have been really off with sleeping. My wife and I have made a point to make sure that it's it's the two of us in our bed at night, not the two of us and two children. <laughs> now, they end up in the bed 80% of the time, halfway through the night, but we're creating the routines that says, this is your room, this is your bed, it's safe. We will sit here with you as long as we need to until you fall asleep. But then we're, mommy and daddy are going back to their bed and we're allowing for some grace and some time to allow us to transition into creating a good routine there. Because quite frankly, we didn't have a good routine back home in Canada. You know, I was sleeping with Logan in a bunk bed, Char was sleeping with Bodhi in, in the big bed. And we hadn't slept in the same bed in months, like months. And when I came here, when we all came here, I know the first night it was very enticing to go, let's just throw them in the bed with us. But I actually stayed very strong on that and said, no, like we get to create the boundaries between this is our bed. These are their beds. And also in connection with me and Sharmila too, this is the thing I was just going to say at the end is we have 
communicated pretty good here. That being said, I feel like I landed here because I was prepared for months leading into this place where I physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally landed here. And I was like, we're here. I love it. And she has not. She's still in that transition a little bit. And it's had to do with some of these purges, these resets that we've had in all areas of life, the sleep schedules, the schooling, the, the, uh, the, the meltdowns by the kids, the, the food differences, the weather, the rain, um, the work, all of our business stuff. Like we had a bunch of stuff kind of go 180 on us and, and some of it ended earlier than it was supposed to. And there's just been a lot of upheaval in our life, in all aspects of life. But that's okay though. That's okay. It's actually, I, I've been embracing it and loving the fact that it's happening. I'm like, this is amazing. Look at all this space that's opening up for us to just create from this blank canvas. And she has not yet fully embraced that. But I see her putting in the work. I see her leaning in and choosing to slow down on days where at times she might have just kept pushing. And there's been breakdowns. There's been breakdowns. But you know, we're resilient. We've been through a lot in life together. And this is going to be another one of those moments where we get to grow together. And on that note, that's one of the things that's on my 12 dimensions as well, which is romance. Being here without family around and without a live-in nanny, it's been really challenging to have any kind of alone time, let alone get away for any period of time. Like we haven't been able to do it. We can't do it at all. So it's one thing that I'm committed to right now is to make sure that we uh, have romance in our life and that we find time, even if it's just as simple as the kids are sleeping and we go upstairs and have a glass of champagne and watch uh, whatever, you know, an episode of Yellowstone together, just something where we can connect because we, me, her as individuals come first in this hierarchy. We have to. We have to put ourselves first and make sure that we are taking care of all of the aspects that make us into the greatest versions of ourselves. Second is our relationship, not our kids. It's our relationship because our kids will model how we are, who we are. So it has to take precedence over the needs of our children, which again, can be challenging at times when they're screaming and melting down and freaking out. It's very easy to just give into that and say, if we just take care of the kids, everything will be fine. But it's just straight up not true. We take care of ourselves. We learn to self-regulate. We make non-negotiable time for me work, spiritual work, physical growth, getting to the gym, eating good, going to bed on time, booking massages, whatever it looks like. That takes precedence over everything. And then us connecting as partners, as team members, as people that are navigating this life together. We do that and we create the model for what our kids look at as normal and that they can aspire to create in their own life as well. And that's everything I wanted to talk about here on this episode. So 
There'll be more updates coming soon. I've been exploring around, looking around. I'm looking at buying a surfboard now. That's going to go right there on the wall. I'm going to make it a part of my decor as well as my daily routine, or at least a couple times a week is to get out into the waves. And it's all starting to align that way where the kids are going to end up going to the same school that's right on the beach so I can drop them off, go get in the water, come back, eat my food, get to work, um, pick them up at the end of the day, same thing too, hop in the water, come back, strap it onto the, the truck and pick them up and bring them home. So the life that I dreamed about 15, 17 years ago is here. Now, the thing is, will I recognize it? And will I ground myself in the fact that I'm here? And I say that out loud to remind myself, I'm here. I'm enough. I'm worthy. I am love. I created all of this. I am a reality creator. And so are you, the person that's listening to this. So you may be listening to this, just wanting to get an update from me because maybe you're family or maybe you're just interested in how we're doing. You may be listening to this because you're thinking, I think maybe I want to take this leap someday with my family. And you're wondering how the heck we're navigating it and what you may be able to learn from this in order to take these steps yourself. Whatever the case is, just know that the fact that you are watching this is a step in the right direction because I wish that I had somebody like me to be able to say out loud the truth of what it's like to make a big leap like this with your family, not even alone, but with your family and what it actually looks like. It's messy. It's filled with challenge and pain and purging, (laughs) but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's beautiful. Pura Vida. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel as well as on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. Thank <laughs> you.